3, 2, 1, roll the footage! Welcome to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino. What if you could hang out with sprinters and ask them about their problems, their workflows, and their solutions? That's what I do right here every day at the Strategy Sprints podcast. And today, my guest is a leadership team coach, the number one best-selling author of two books, Breakthrough Leadership Team and Performance Breakthrough. He has worked with Disney, Verizon, Chanel, and Polo Ralph Lauren. Welcome, everybody. Mike Goldman. It's great to be here. So cool to have you here. And we are going to discuss how a CEO can surround herself, himself, with the best people, the right people. But before we go there, what, Mike, what are you currently creating? Yeah, creating a lot. I've really uh, taken advantage of some of the non-travel time around COVID to get to work. I, I wrote my last book uh, about 12 months ago. And since then, I've taken the content from the book, created an online course. I now have a whole learning portal for my clients, uh, which has added a ton of value. And I've used that to Number one, create a whole multi-tiered coaching model with that online portal to allow me to impact more people. Um, and at the same time, working idea on ideas for my next book, which goes from formal leadership to self-leadership. Since I, I, I know that in order to create a great leadership team, which is what I work with all of my clients on, it's got to start with you. If you can't lead yourself, you can't lead others. So working on a whole bunch of uh, interesting stuff. So let's start with ourselves and then explore how we can surround ourselves with the right people. What's, what's the work required of the CEO? The CEO number one has to realize, as CEO, you need to realize that your company is a projection of you. You're a model for the rest of your company. So if you are undisciplined, your company is going to be undisciplined. If you are distrusting of others, you are going to have a, a culture with a, with a lack of trust. If you are not constantly developing and improving yourself, you're going to have a team that is not developing and improving themselves. So if you are frustrated with your team and the results you're getting, you need to look in the mirror. Because your company is a mirror image of you. And what that means is you've got to start with self-leadership. You've got to start with having the right mindset every single day. Because if you don't do that, you're going to see the team you create uh, not have the impact you want to have. You're not building the revenue you want to build. And you're not creating the fulfill fulfilling environment for yourself or for your team that you want to create. So if I walk around and say, oh, my people are so slow or, oh, my people are so X, Y, Z, the first thing that I should check is, hey, how am I showing up every day? Yeah, it, it's two things. N number one, exactly right. How am I showing up every day? Because your team is going to model you. And number two, it's, it's amazing when I talk to CEOs and, you know, of course, CEOs, first thing they love to do is complain about their team. 
And, and number one, as I said, your team is modeling you. Number two, the question I have for you as the CEO is who hired those people, <laughs> right? Ultimately, you made the decision to hire those people. Who is coaching and developing those people? Ultimately, that's down to you. Who has decided to keep those people around even when they're not doing what they should be doing? That's you. So again, it all comes back to you looking in the mirror and, and you need to, number one, lead yourself. Number two, make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people. There's, there's a great book called Uncontainable uh, written by a guy named Kip Tyndall who's the founder and, and longtime CEO of a company called The Container Store. And he has this great philosophy. He calls one equals three. And one equals three says one superstar, one A player equals the productivity of three mediocre performers. And now I believe when you're talking about somebody on your leadership team, that's probably not one equals three, that's one equal 10 or one equals 20. So if you understand that, then you start to realize how much of an investment you need to make, how much effort you need to put into hiring the right people, retaining those people, coaching and developing those people. Wow. One times five, one times 10, one times 20. That's another frame of reference. Strong. And um, so we start with ourselves. And then the question is how to surround ourselves with the right people. What's, what did you find out about that in your book? Yeah, well, it's interesting. And I'll start with before I wrote the book. You know, I always looked at what I did as a coach. And I work with, unlike some coaches that work with problem employees or executive coaches that may just work with CEOs or, or just work with, with the head of sales, I work with the leadership team. So I'm basically a senior coach that, uh, that kind of acts like, like a part-time member of the leadership team. And one, one morning I woke up and, and, and all of a sudden it hit me that what I do is not just help companies grow. What I do is I help build great leadership teams. That's my focus. That's my job. And I looked around and I said, okay, I, I read a lot. I read about a book a week. Uh, I said, if that's what I do, I, I probably ought to read a bunch of books about how to build a great leadership team. How do you structure a leadership team? How do you find the right people for a leadership team? How do you build the right leadership culture? How do you execute as a leadership team? How do you develop and improve as a leadership team? And of course, I went on Amazon and said, let me find as many books as I can. And I found exactly zero books written about that specific subject. Obviously, hundreds or thousands of books written on leadership, dozens of books written on team building, no books that pulled that together and said, what do I need to do to build the right executive team, the right leadership team? So that's the book I wrote called Breakthrough Leadership Team. And, and I really focus on, as I said, number one, it starts with self-leadership. Number two, it's about how do you find the right people for your leadership team? And that's where this one equals three philosophy comes in. So self-leadership, how do you find the right people? Number three, how do you structure the team? And most people don't think about structuring their leadership team. They just think about building the same old org chart. And all of a sudden they get 50 people in and they think, 
you know, do I need a VP of sales now? When, when as CEO, do I need to pull myself out of sales and hire a head of sales? And then I get a hundred people in and it's, man, we're, Retention is a problem and our culture is horrible. Do you think I need to hire a head of HR is now the time. By the time you ask those questions, it's too late. You need to proactively structure your leadership team. You need to look at the next 12 quarters and project your business out and project out what your leadership team needs to effectively look like for each quarter. So you know two or three or four quarters ahead of time when you're going to need that head of HR or that CFO or that VP of sales. So number one, it's self-leadership. Number two, it's finding the right people. Number three, it's about proactively structuring the team. Number four is about creating the right culture on the leadership team. A lot of folks want to fix their company culture. You can't fix the company culture until you have the right culture on the leadership team. So how do you create that right culture? And then number five, how do you execute with discipline as a leadership team and truly hold people accountable? And then lastly, number six, how do you continue to grow and improve and develop as a leadership team? Some questions from the community. Gail Orenstein, that way that work will always put an extra load on other staff. Lazy staff are actually cruel because they do also demoralize other staff. What's your take? On this, Mike? I would actually take, I, I don't disagree, but I would shift the perspective. I think it is too easy to look at staff and call them lazy and take what I would call an external locus of control. Locus is just a fancy word for center. And an external locus of control means things happen to you. I'm a victim of circumstances. I'm a victim of this lazy employee. Why are they so lazy? Uh, you know, what's going on in their lives? And I would turn it around and take an internal locus of control. Not things happen to me, but I make things happen. And I would say as a leader, if you've got an employee that's lazy, you've got to look in the mirror and say, what can I do to create more purpose around what we do? What can I do to create an environment where people feel more passionate about what they're doing? What can I do to hire the right people that already live our culture and already believe in our company's purpose before they come to work so that I'm surrounding myself with people that are just as passionate and just as self-motivated as I am? It's too easy to point the finger and say they're lazy. You hired them you're creating the culture, they're there because you put them exactly there. You're getting this situation because you've created it. How can you recreate that situation? This mindset shift that you just did right now with reframing the question, locus of control from outside to inside, that is exactly your passion And that is exactly the topic of your next book that you are writing, how to create your life, not be a victim of outside circumstances. I want to know everything about your upcoming book after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. So we can be victim, we can be creators of our life. Can you unpack that? 
Yeah, the, the, the working title of the next book is called Breakthrough Mindset. And one of the key areas in that book is going to be a, a message that is, if you change your focus, you change your life. And I talk about these things. I've already been out speaking uh, to, to a number of audiences about this. The idea of kind of flipping the switch, flipping from a disempowering focus to an empowering focus. So this idea of locus of control is one of a number of what of these focus switches, which I call the control switch. And how could you switch from a, 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 an, a focus on things happening to me to I make things happen? Another example is a switch I call the intention switch. One of the things we do all the time, and one of the things I do almost every day, so I have to keep flipping this switch, is we tend to automatically believe in the negative intent of other people. When that maniac cuts you off going 90 miles per hour on the highway, we picture them, at least I do, I picture some maniac in the car laughing, knowing they're doing something wrong and doing it anyway, I believe in their negative intent. Well, I will tell you that I have been coaching and consulting for about 35 years. And that doesn't mean I'm smarter than anybody else. It just means I've worked with a lot more people than most people. And I don't know that I've ever met anyone that wakes up in the morning and says, how can I screw things up today? The law of positive intent says we're all trying to do the best we can with the resources we have. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying everybody's doing the right thing, but everybody's trying to do the best they can with the resources they have. If you could switch that focus, if you can flip that switch to believing that person has negative intent, which all that's going to do is frustrate you and make you angry. If you can flip that switch to believing they have positive intent and you say, hey, that person is just trying to do the best they can with the resources they have, what that does is it opens up possibilities to say, hey, if they have positive intent, that must mean they know something I don't know. So what questions could I ask to find out what they know? Or maybe I have some resources they don't have. So what resources could I share with them? You go from frustration and anger to curiosity and working through the problem. And then one other example of, of a focus switch, I call the want switch. The want switch is flipping the switch from a focus on what you don't want to a focus on what you want, to, to a focus on what you want. And I don't have to be psychic to tell you if at any point in the last 48 hours, you were frustrated or stressed or angry, I know exactly what you were focused on. You were focused on what you don't want. Absolutely. I talk to CEOs all the time who get on the phone with me and they rant and rave about all the problems with their employees or their clients or with the government or with the industry. And I let them rant and rave for a few minutes. And then I stop them and I ask them a sim simple question. I say, what do you want? And all of a sudden there's this uncomfortable silence 
while, while the, the wheels, wheels and the gears in their head start turning. And all of a sudden, a world of possibility opens up. And again, instead of going from frustration and anger and stress, it's one of creativity and curiosity around what they want and how they can get there. So those are three examples of a number of focus switches that I talk to audiences about and talk about in the book. And the way you get over those focus switches is really just to stop, take a breath and ask yourself an empowering question. And you go from disempowered to empowered. And as a leader, if you don't create a habit out of getting your head on straight, which may include meditation, and a gratefulness exercise and prayer. How do you get your head on straight, your, the right mindset? Again, your organization is gonna be a reflection of you. So if you don't have your head on straight, good luck with the rest of your organization. <laughs> I like that a lot. And uh, I have one question that I ask myself because I get angry all the time. People say, Simon, but, but you are always like funny, etc. No, 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 I get angry five times per day Only five? I, yeah, I'm I, I, very angry five times a day. <laughs> And, uh, but it doesn't last very long because I have one question that I ask myself, similar to you. And my question is, Simon, what's the dream? Simon, what's the dream right now? So I say to my kids, hey, take that jacket. We're going, we're going now. And they say, no, 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 no. I don't need the jacket. I want the other jacket. Whatever happens there. Uh, I could be caught up in, come, 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 let's go. Uh, in that moment, I ask myself, hey, wait a moment, what's the dream? The dream is that we go out and have fun playing football. So it changes right now my state. It changes the energy inside of me. It changes the way I, I look at them because you see it in my face when I'm angry. I cannot hide it. So it changes my body state. It changes the situation. It changes the relationship. And guess what? They pick up the jacket and we go and we have a nice time. If I don't do that, we start, you know, arguing with each other and it gets negative. And uh, this happens in work all the time. Uh, so I love this reshifting and starting with us. Uh, yeah, and think about what happens, by the way, if what motivates you and the best example of this is losing weight. If what motivates you is what you don't want and you're trying to lose weight, well, you don't want to be unhealthy anymore. You don't want to look disgusting anymore. You don't want your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife to yell at you because you're, over, you're eating the wrong things anymore. So you're motivated by what you don't want. So as you start losing weight, you lose five pounds, 10 pounds, 15 pounds, you actually get further from that motivation. So you, because you start to look better and say, oh, I don't look as horrible as I did before. And now you say, you know what? I can have that cupcake. I can have that. I can order pizza. I can. And then you yo-yo back to where you don't want. But if you focus on what you want and what you want is to have to be healthy, what you want is to be a great example for your family, what you want is to have more energy as you get healthier and healthier, you're actually getting closer to what motivates you and it motivates you even more. Absolutely. And in context of our teams, that is reminding ourselves first of what the vision is, of what, why we do what we do, 
what the impact is that we want to have in the world, what the impact is that we want to have in our own life and, 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 and why we do it from the very selfish perspective, um, what it gives to us and re reminding in at the beginning of every meeting, in, in uh, uh, hard conversations, reminding uh, what it is that we are doing here and why we are doing it, right? What's the vision? What's the dream? Yeah, and that is why it's so important and it's so ingrained in the culture. When I talk about culture with my clients and in the book, I talk about the three Bs, values, vision, and vulnerability. And what we're hitting on is that middle V, that vision piece. And again, the, the, the answer to the question to as a company of what do you want, that's the vision. Long-term, short-term, that becomes the vision. And what's part of the vision? Part of that vision, vision is what's your purpose of being? What's your big why as a company? You know, what's your 10 to 15 year big, hairy, audacious goal? What's your three-year vision? All of that is just ways to get crystal clear as to, as a company, what you want. So as a CEO and as any member of an organization, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the frustrations of whatever's going on in your day. You need to be able to pick yourself up and say, yeah, but remember why we're doing this. I know that was a difficult phone call or that was a difficult meeting, but let's pick our head up, heads up. Remember what we want as an organization. That's why we're doing it. And then we can get motivated and passionate again. Mike, this is so powerful. Where can people uh, get more of you? Where do you hang out? Yeah, so number one, uh, Breakthrough Leadership Team is available on, on Amazon in all different forms, Kindle paperback. Uh, if you like my uh, New York Bronx accent, you could listen to me uh, uh, read the book for seven hours if you want Audible. So Breakthrough Leadership Team is, is the book. Um, you can go to uh, uh, on my web. My website is mike-goldman.com, and, and on there is, is a blog where I put you know, weekly, weekly, uh, what I call breakthrough idea videos out there all the time. So really it's Mike-Goldman.com is kind of the headquarters of everything uh, Mike Goldman and everything Breakthrough Leadership Team. Super cool. And uh, who should be my next guest? Yeah, one of my clients uh, is a company called Partner Centric. And uh, they are a, they're in, in the, the digital marketing uh, space in the affiliate marketing space. And Stephanie Harris, who's the CEO, who's wonderful, uh, before everybody started talking about work from home, about five years ago, they had, they had about 30 employees. They were totally virtual as of five or six years ago. So before it became the thing to do, they got real smart about doing that and built an incredible culture within their organization. So uh, now that more companies are doing it or at least moving towards more of a hybrid environment, um, she is kind of, although five years doesn't seem like a long time for the whole virtual work environment, that's that's forever. She's a wily veteran of doing that. So I think she would have a lot of great information to share with CEOs on building a great culture in that virtual environment. How relevant and how timely. Yes, wonderful. Looking forward to have her on our show. Thank you so much. And everybody, Mike Goldman, for your teams and, for, and also for the work on yourself as a CEO, uh, because that's where it starts with your mindset so that you can create your life and not be a victim 
of circumstances. Thank you so much, Mike, for Thank being you. here. Please come back soon. Will do. Thanks. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.